This is Larry with the Black Financial Initiative Podcast with Eric and Terrence. Thank you all for listening. All the initiators, continue to listen. Tell a friend. Give us five stars. Part two with JT. Get your popcorn and your pen and pad ready. Go into, uh, we talked about earlier, you're hurting people's feelings. Have you hurt any of these people's feelings to the point where they have came to talk to you? Like they reached out to you? I mean, early on, extremely, extremely early on, I did this one video on people who do this. This mail, this this mail chain stuff. This is like old school, old school, old school, like bad financial scam stuff. So there's chain letters. Back in the day, before the internet, you would get a newspaper, and in the newspaper, it would say, "Hey, there's a business opportunity where you can make I don't know a hundred dollars a day, something like that. Just send in for the paperwork, and you'll figure out what happens. Send me a hundred dollars, and I'll, I'll I'll sell you the program." Well, you'd send in $100 and the program is put ads in the newspaper telling people to send you $100 to tell other people to put ads in the news. It was a chain letter thing. That's the thing, right? Well, there's people who are on the internet who are basically doing the same thing with these like these postcards. And I did a video like now early on about how silly this was and how they're not really selling anything but the opportunity for you to sell postcards you know, to send postcards to other people to send you money. They started calling my office and whatnot and say, hey, you know, they, they were a little upset with that, but uh, that, that was nothing. They called like once or twice. That wasn't a big deal. But when I started to go to uh, people who I had no idea who they were, but they apparently they have huge followings online. And I just, same way that I did with the little guys, I would show the videotape of them saying something and I would explain why it was BS. I did it with uh, a character who calls himself Him 500. So Him 500 was on a podcast, basically explaining how to commit bank fraud. For those of you who are unaware, bank fraud is when you go to a bank and you lie on forms in order to get money that you would otherwise have uh, no access to. That is bank fraud. See, people understand blue collar crime. Right. They understand blue collar crime. If I was to rob a bank, I would go into a bank. I would present a gun and I would tell them, give me the money in the register. The elements of that crime is simple. I'm going to a bank and I'm using a weapon to take out money from the bank that I normally would not have access to if I didn't have the gun. That's blue collar. White collar crime is the same thing. We're just replacing the weapon. The weapon in blue collar crime is the gun. The weapon in white collar crime is paperwork, right? I'm using the paperwork as my weapon to take money from a bank that would normally not give me the money if it wasn't for this weapon that I'm using, fraudulent paperwork. Well, this is basically what Hem 500 was advocating for people to do. I did a video explaining how this was bank fraud. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the bees started buzzing around me of his followers, other people that he was connected with, like um, other platforms that he's done interviews and stuff on, and they were upset. Now, I don't, I don't understand why they were upset with my critique of his information. They should have been more upset with him giving bad information, right? Like, don't be upset when the cop pulls you over for speeding. 
you should be upset that you were speeding. But people, they're, they're not self-reflective like that. Like me personally, because of the parents that I had and the sports like that I played, like I, I could talk forever. So I could stop me when I go too long. But I played football in high school. But the sport that really shaped who I was, who I am to this day, is wrestling. See, in football, you can hide. That's a humbling sport. Yeah, you can hide in football. You can have a bad game and the team still win, right? You can hide a little bit in football, or you just don't start. You have a bad game, coach, get them out of here. You're on the bench. Team could still win. See, in wrestling, baby, it's just you. It's you and another guy on the mat, face to face, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. If you lose, it's because you weren't good enough. And everybody knows, right? Everybody knows because they're looking at you. And that experience of wrestling, and I got to wrestle at a really high level in high school to the point where I'm always looking for a way to own up to whatever BS that I'm in. I'm asking the question, how did I create this? Because I know if I was the one who created the problem, I'm the one to get myself out of. See, if you're always looking for who got you into this, who to blame for the problems that you're in, then now you're also looking outside yourself for who can get you out of the problem, right? That's how I feel these guys are. These guys who are upset with the content that I make, they're upset with me because I'm critiquing bad financial advice. They should be upset with themselves for not, if you're the host of a show and you're bringing someone on, maybe you should check and verify if the information that they've given is accurate or not. See, that's, that, that's on them. But it plays back to your character. Are you willing to own up for a mistake that you made? Or are you looking to make someone else a, a, a scapegoat as to why? something bad happened. I don't know who raised these people. When I made a mistake, when I spilt the milk, my parents made me clean it up and own up to it. I didn't get the blame, hey, the window was open. So maybe the window was open and, and some, some wind came. It was none of that. No, 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 no. You knocked it over, clean it up, deal with it. And that's just, that's just me. So I expect to continue to upset some people. It's to the point now where if someone is not upset by my content, I didn't do my job. Not that I'm trying to be controversial, is that I'm not trying to placate the people who are normally in a situation that people just give them what they want. I'm not going to be someone's yes man. I refuse to tell people what they want to hear. Because what you want to hear is not good for you. Even if you're paying me to tell you what you want to hear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to tell you what my unbiased opinion is on the situation. And you can deal with however it makes you feel on the back end. Deal with it. Because what I have to say is based on years of experience, years of education, and a little bit of my father and my mother's you know, old school teachings to me, period. If you got a problem with that, it's probably based on the fact that I am stepping on your toes. People have heroes, right? People have heroes. 
I'm a LeBron James fan. Wasn't at first. Let me be clear. Because LeBron James graduated high school a year after me. I was originally a really big Dwayne Wade fan because I felt like, hey, you know, he went to college. He was a little bit more established. I saw what he did. LeBron James won me over based on his body of work, based on all the hype that was around him. That type of hype crushes the average person. He has been on the national spotlight since he was a child and has not buckled. He has exceeded the expectations. Why are you talking about this? (laughs) Why are you talking about How does LeBron James get into this? Because I am a fan of his. But when he does something like he does a play or he passes the ball or he he loses uh, a championship, I'm not making excuses for him. I'm a fan, but I'm not a fan boy. I am going to recognize greatness, but I'm not going to deify someone. That's the problem. A lot of these guys who are in some of the content that I make, they have fans who have deified them. They can do no wrong. And if they do do wrong, here's the crazy part. If a fan of theirs actually admits, yeah, JT, you're right, but why you got to put them on blast? Why didn't you call them? Call them? I ain't go to middle school with none of these dudes. I don't have their phone numbers. Call them? What are you talking about? Why didn't they call me before they put the bad info out? Mm-hmm. I'm a certified financial planner. They could just reach out to me. Hey, JT, I did an interview with uh, uh, Mickey 2000, and Mickey 2000 said this. Is that good info or bad info? I can tell them, eh, no, nah, that's bad info. Okay, thanks, JT. I won't air this episode. They didn't do that. So if they're not reaching out to, it doesn't have to be me. I'm just joking. If they're not reaching out to actual credible professionals to double check the information, because almost none of their shows are live. Like some of the shows that they do is live, but a lot of these podcasts are pre-recorded. That means they have the time to verify the information that their guest presents. Why are they not doing it? I think it's because they don't care. I think it's because the more exciting and wild of the financial information that their guest is given, they know there's going to be more views. Because how many views can you get by telling people you need to save your money in an emergency savings fund, about three to six months. You need to pay down your debt. You need to avoid trying to buy luxury items when you have a negative net worth and do the best you can to invest for your retirement. That's not sexy. That's not sexy. (laughs) And if it's not sexy, you don't get the views. If you don't get the views, you don't get the money. So once again, I have to just say, I had a bag before YouTube. So I'm not going to allow trying to find ways to get views to steer my content in one way or the other. I can talk about whatever I want to talk about because I don't even do an interview show. I don't do, I don't bring on guests every week, right? If I had to depend on trying to get a guest that my, my followers and my viewers would like, that would drive me insane. I don't bring on guests to my show. I'm the show. 
My reaction is the show. Either you like my reaction to whatever's going on or not, but I'm not going to put myself in a situation where it's like, oh, who is it going to be this week? Uh, do I pay uh, Dame Dash uh, $100,000 to come on to my show? Because I know he'll do numbers. Do I get uh, uh, Bandman Cable? Do I give him $30,000? Because it's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let y'all do that. And I can react to it. That's my show. I'm going to let the other big financial podcast channels, I'm going to let them interview these people. I'm going to let them pay for guests or get paid for guests. And all I got to do is react because I'm not driven by the money. I'm driven by my passion to show good information financially versus bad financial info. That's what it is. Plain and simple. Well, you said some, some good stuff. You heard, you heard the initiators out there. Please stay tuned, everybody. Uh, I think, uh, I believe you've talked about the student loan forgiveness. Uh, yeah, recently, yep. Yeah, recently. What do, you th- what do you think about the whole Biden's plan and everything? Once you say you're small government, I, I would assume yep. uh, against it. My, I'm absolutely against it, and here's why. And for those of you who are getting it, well, congratulations. Take that money and pay down your debt. But here's the problem. Government handouts hurt more than they help. When you start to depend on the government to bail you out of financial situations that you put yourself into, you will see what's referred to as a moral hazard. A moral hazard is when you take away consequences from someone's actions, you will see that person progressively do more risky and risky behavior because they had no consequences. It's like a child. See, when a child starts to do bad behavior and you don't immediately start to punish that child, You can't wait till the kid is 17 and 18 years old and think, okay, now it's time to get the boy in line. Now, that boy is destined for the pen or or the grave site. It's going to be tough to get him out of one of those paths because you have not disciplined him all the way up to that point. How does that relate to this, our government handouts? One of the biggest impactful things that happened to me uh, politically was my pro bono work. So as, as a financial planner, I do easily 20, 30 hours of pro bono work a year. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, pro bono work is when a professional provides their services for free. Now, don't get it twisted. Don't uh, Google my name and start calling my office because I don't do pro bono work through my office. I do pro bono work through nonprofit organizations. So you're not going to get free work out of me. You call my office, you paying the consultation fee. Believe that. (laughs) But years ago, when I was doing pro bono work, I was working with a client who, in my mind, they improved their life so much. Working with this client, they probably doubled or tripled their income. They were doing so much better. So when I was reviewing that tax return with them, when I was reviewing that information with them, I'm I'm geeked. I'm excited. I'm like, listen, man, we went from here and now we're here. Look at these numbers. You made so much more money. You're doing good, man. You're right on the path that we were talking about. See, I'm so excited. I'm not even paying attention to the look on the face of the client. 
By the time I put my eyes up, because I'm looking at the numbers, I'm trying to show them the numbers on the paper. When I actually tilted my head up to look into the eyes of the client, they weren't excited. They weren't happy the way I was happy. I was trying to, okay, at a point I stopped, I was like, what, what's wrong? I'm thinking maybe something happened before they came into the office and their mind isn't focused on this good news. But what they tell me is that they were worried because now it looks like they're going to be pushed off of welfare. They're not going to get their food stamps. They're not going to be able to stay on Section 8. See, they're not trying to improve financially because they have been hooked on a welfare system that does not incentivize you to build wealth. Here's an issue people don't even understand. When you are on these programs, you can't build wealth because if you have X amount of money, let's say five, $6,000 in an investment account, welfare office say, oh, you don't need us anymore. You're gone. So a person who wants to stay on the program, what do they do? They avoid building wealth. See, they can spend three or $4,000 in a year on luxury items and stuff like that because they don't have to fill out the form that shows that. But if they put that money in an IRA, that gets reported. So this client who I thought improved their life, who in reality they did, they were so stuck on a government handout lifestyle because it wasn't just them. Their parents was on government welfare, their grandparents, they just, they know the system. They were afraid to live a life without that handout and actually pay for stuff themselves. So much so that they were willing to quit their job and work part-time so that they can stay on that welfare. So government handouts, this uh, uh, student loan forgiveness, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it's $10,000 this time. What's to stop it from being $20,000 or $50,000 next time? My mother taught me a long time ago, do not feed stray dogs. It doesn't matter how sad and pathetic that dog looks. It doesn't matter how much extra food you have on you that day. Because if you feed a stray dog just once, that dog will come to you every day to look for more food. Now, some say, well, JT, are you comparing people on welfare and comparing people who are getting these government handouts to stray dogs? Yeah, kind of am. Yeah, because what's going to happen is if someone bails you out one time and you find yourself in that trouble again, you're going to be knocking on that government door and say, hey, you helped me out last time. Can you help me out this time? And I'm saying, no, you don't need that. You can get it with what's already available. Now, some will say, well, JT, are you a coon talking about pull yourself up by your bootstraps? See, that's what a coon will say. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We came over here on slave ships. We didn't have boots. I agree, but this is 2022 in America. 
See, in 2022 in America, everybody got boots. Because if you don't have a boot, you can go to one of the various either nonprofit organizations or government entities, and they will give you a boot. They will give you a coat. They will give you housing. They will find you a job. The question is, are you using what's already available? So quick to ask for more when you haven't even took advantage of what's already there. We are dealing with grown children, 30, 40, 50 years old, but have the mindset of an eight-year-old child. A child has a mindset of always wanting more before they look around and assess, what have I done with what I've already been blessed with? That's the issue. Man, that's what my little kid does now. You know what I mean? She got a little taller. She that's one of the first words. More, more, <laughs> more. Learn it but I, I expect that out of a child. I don't expect that out of a man who's 35 plus. That's the problem. Yeah, now, they, they, what if somebody says that the government shouldn't or they shouldn't be giving out these loans? Do you have anything to say to that? That they should not. Okay, the person who says that is being intellectually dishonest because if the government's not giving out this loan, that same person, racist, black people want to improve themselves and they want to get a better education and the racist government will not give them a loan. Then they'll say, well, okay, okay, the government should give loans, but they should only give loans for people who want to get an education in STEM. Get an education in things that actually make sense. Once again, racist. My child who wants to study underwater basket weaving will be a billionaire. <laughs> but the racist government won't give him a student loan because underwater basket weavers don't make a lot of money. But my kid, my kid will. You can't win for losing with complainers. A complainer will always find something to complain about. They are not doers. They have nothing on their resume that shows that they can actually produce something in the world that's valuable. The only thing that they can do is try to take money from other people who are working. They're, they're like a gnat flying around you, right? A gnat can't kill you, right? A gnat is not some sort of predator. They're just annoying. It, it, you swipe at them, you know, you get them away. That's how complainers survive. They survive, survive and people just, here's a, here's a grant. Go shut up, go, go play around. Be an executive director of a nonprofit organization that does absolutely nothing, but you pat yourselves on the back every year at, at ribbon cutting ceremonies. Go, just go, get, leave us alone. That's what they are. They're just annoying. But they don't do anything. They don't produce anything. They have no works. I'm only concerned with people who have works. I don't care their rhetoric. I don't care what they say. I do not care about their tone. I care about what have they produced in the world that has done something for themselves and something for others. That's the real measure of a man or a woman. It's not what can I consume my self-worth is not tied to the type of car I can buy, nor the type of home I can buy. My self-worth is tied to what can I produce into the world? 
that's going to live beyond me and is going to affect other people in a positive way. But there's a level of maturity that has to happen to get to that point. Preaching again, faith without works is dead. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sounds Absolutely. like uh, kind of listen to our our college uh, podcast. We went over the kind of the majors basically that are that are making money and the ones that aren't. Mm-hmm. We tend to be in the ones that aren't. Why? Huh? Because they're easy. Mm-hmm. They're easy. See, the, people don't understand that there are majors that you go to school for that are going to create an opportunity to have a living wage, to be able to take care of a family. Then there are fields of study that are only intellectually pursued. You study that just for the love of the game, baby. You're not gonna make any money doing that. Someone called into my show the other day and they talked about how their wife has a $70,000 degree in African-American studies. Now listen, I'm as, listen, I'm as black as they get. I don't think you get, you can't, I refuse to believe there's another man who's blacker than me. Like you're not blacker than me. I don't care if you try to say, well, man, I grew up in the hood and was on the corners and eh, that don't make you blacker than me. That's not a black experience, an authentic black experience where you have to have a, um, grown up in an environment that was criminalistic. That's not black experience, right? That's just your experience. There's there's a difference. I refuse to believe there's anyone who's blacker than me, right? I studied and took a couple of courses in African-American studies in college. They were electives. They were my senior year. They were extremely easy. But to go into debt, $70,000 in debt for an African-American studies degree, which this woman was not using at all, other than the fact that she has a degree, but she's not teaching African-American studies. Her profession has nothing to do with African-American studies. That is ridiculous. They go to these degrees because they're easy. They run away from hard work. I come from a family that believes in education, that believes in going the hard route, believes in, yeah, don't work harder, work smarter, but it's not cut yourself out from the process of actually becoming better. Mm -hmm. I can point to nothing in my life that I see value in that came easy. Nothing. There's nothing that I value that came easy. Everything that I value, I was able to get through hard work. But if you don't wake up in your early 20s, in your 30s, maybe in your 40s, by the time you get mid-40s and 50s and you haven't realized that a life worth living is a life that has experienced trials and working hard and yes, experiencing failure, but learning from the failure, dusting yourself off and going at it again. You wasted your time, man. You wasted your time. I don't believe in reincarnation because I haven't seen it. I think this is my only shot that I have. And this is if this is the only shot that I have, I'm going to live it at its fullest 
but I'm also going to do it in a way where I feel as if my work will matter. If it comes fast, it will leave fast. You will not actually have any real retained value in the way that the culture is telling you to achieve success. A lot of it's a lie. We have rappers who are professional liars. We have internet influencers who are professional liars. They don't even live the lifestyle that they present on social media, but they create a sense of FOMO, uh, a sense of fear of missing out to their followers who are doing everything, breaking their neck to try to make themselves appear as if they're on the same level as the people who they follow. When the, the people who they follow know it's a game. They know it's a trick. They know that they are the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, pulling the levers. They know. And they're just watching you on awe and amazed giggling to themselves about how I'll be able to make that Lambo payment this month. Because look at them. Look at them. They think this is real. It's not. I've had high net worth clients, clients who played in the Super Bowl. They don't live a rock star lifestyle every day. Maybe a weekend, but not every day. They fly commercial. They don't fly private every day. Why? You can't keep up that type of lifestyle even if you have multiple millions of dollars. But we have a guy in the Midwest making $65,000 a year trying to compete with what they see on, on Instagram. Insane. Insane. That's the only word for it. You are mentally insane thinking that that is actually a feasible thing to do. Why? It ties back into self-worth. You have no identity. And because you have no identity, you're searching for all of these things outside of yourself to make you whole. And I'm telling you, that hole is so big, you'll never fill it with stuff. Stuff can't fill that hole. Whatever you believe in, God, the universe, whatever, you got to figure out what makes you without all the stuff. Strip you down. Take off the watch. Car repo. House foreclosed. Who are you then? That's who you are. With or without the stuff, I am who I am. The stuff just makes life a little bit more comfortable. But I am who I am with or without the stuff. So I care nothing about how people may perceive this message. They can't knock me off what I know who I am. But once again, I come from a privileged position. I had great parents. I had great coaches. And I'm a bit of an asshole. And being a little bit of an asshole helps about not caring about how people think about you. It's not the greatest uh, uh, <laughs> characteristic to have. Uh, my mouth has got me in trouble since I was a child. Because I the way I talk now is the way I talked then. But it is what it is. I don't care. So you've been dropping information this whole conversation. And I think you've answered this question throughout the conversation as well. But I'm, I'm going to ask you, what can Black people do to build wealth? All right, here we go. Listen. Uh, number one, stop thinking of yourself as a victim. You're not a victim. 
Stop trying to get paid back for work and burdens of prior generations of people who you have not experienced. Yes, the story of our people originally coming to this country is a horror story. But what our people have been able to achieve from that point moving forward is a triumph. We've turned tragedy into triumph. Is it fair? No. But once again, who lied to you? Life is not fair. It has never been fair. It will never be fair. You need to, one, recognize where you are right now. What's the reality that I live in right now? Can I build wealth? Can I first create for myself a skill set that is beyond my labor? If you believe that you can be the head of a household of two or three people, and the only thing you will have to offer the working world is your labor, meaning you can pick up a box here and you can put a box there. You can pick up a broom and you can sweep. You can take dishes off a table at a restaurant and put it into a bucket. That ain't going to do it, baby. That is not the type of skill set that within this country, you can live a middle-class lifestyle. And if you think it should be, you're wrong. You have to one, realize, okay, after high school, Can I develop a skill for myself that is going to bring me a middle class wage? Do I need to go to trade school? Do I need to go to junior college? Do I have to go to a four-year college? Or can I immediately enter into an industry that is going to be willing to invest in me at an entry-level position so within the next three to five years, I am on track to make good money? Now you're on your way. After you deal with that, then you have to understand. Most people who live paycheck to paycheck, they think they have an income problem. Meaning, if I only made more money, all my problems would go away. I'm making $35,000, barely making ends meet. If I made $60,000, I would be On cloud nine, no problems. You're wrong. You do not have a income problem. You have a spending problem. You have created for yourself financial obligations that your current income cannot meet. And if you were blessed to go from 30 to $60,000, you would continue to create financial obligations for yourself that you could not keep even at $60,000. So first, check the way that you're spending money. There is an entitlement issue. An entitlement issue. People believe they deserve some sort of Cinderella prince type of lifestyle. You don't. No one deserves that. You don't get to drive the fanciest car. You don't get to live in the nicest house. You don't get to have the perfect wife and kids and family just because you want it. Wanting it is the start. Okay, yeah, you want it, but you have to actually do the work 
to get it. And if you're unwilling to do the work, then you are where you are in life for a reason. Not because of some grand conspiracy, not because of what someone else did to you. For the majority, there's always oddball situations where you were a victim, directly a victim of something that affected your life. I'm talking about generally. Generally, you are where you are in life because you earned that position. If you're making $150,000 a year, but you're living like you make a quarter of a million dollars a year, you're still broke because you have a spending issue. People need to create a budget for their life. Stick to that budget. Have a budget where you spend less than you make. The difference between what you spend and what you make, that is called savings. What you do with that savings is you create an emergency savings fund. So you basically have a bank that you created for yourself so that when emergencies happen, unexpected medical bill, unexpected car expense, some sort of repair you have to do. You don't have to use a credit card or run to a bank. You have an emergency savings fund where you'll be able to make that expenditure and not skip a beat. Then you have to start to pay down debt. You're doing all of these things before you buy the Louis bag or you buy the Air Jordans or you go on a family vacation to Miami. You have to understand there is no wealth fairy floating around with a magic wand, picking and choosing who's going to live a comfortable life. You have to be willing to make a sacrifice. And it's not even a real sacrifice. It's you not indulging yourself like a child in a candy shop. You're getting everything you want because you just want it and it looks nice and because someone's willing to sell it to you on credit, but you cannot afford it. I'm a big believer. If you have a terrible life, you earn that life based on the choices that you make. You have a great life and you just don't recognize you have a great life. You earned it based on the choices that you make. So make better choices. Black people want to build wealth in America. Make better financial choices and realize no one deserves. No one has a God-given entitlement to the luxuries of the world without doing the proper work to get it. That's what I got. Plain and simple. simple. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the message is uh, pretty consistent, man. We've we've done so many episodes and and have so many different guests on, and the message might be delivered in a different way, right. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, it's all told the same, man. Yeah. So, well, listen, gentlemen, I appreciate I appreciate the invite, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Where where can people find you? Oh, man, easy. If, if you can stand all that I just said and you still want to uh, explore more what's going on with Pocket Watching with JT, the easiest way is to uh, simply go online and go to pocketwatcher.net, pocketwatcher.net. 
all of my links to my YouTube channel, to the podcast, to my actual firm. I do have a day job, people. I'm not just a guy talking on YouTube all day long. I do have a day job. So if you have tax or financial questions and stuff like that, you want to book a consultation, you can click the book a consultation button. We can do it in person, online. Just go to pocketwatcher.net. Want to thank you for coming for sure. Dropped a lot of good information. Probably hurt some feelings, but I, I think everything <laughs> yeah, was legit it. though. Appreciate so. you, Bishop Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I could listen. I could never do that job. That's yeah, sir. Yeah, some great stuff, man. I I don't know where I disagree, but you had some great stuff. I appreciate it. At the end of the day, you know, it's brothers like you who are, you know, obviously there's a pursuit of trying to give great information in an entertaining way. The issue is you don't blow up fast in the route that you guys are going. Right. You don't blow up fast doing this, bringing on qualified people and stuff like that is good information. But there is the temptation of bringing on the flashy guys who will get you the views. And I feel as if a lot of the podcasts that are featured on my show, they were like you guys. And one day, you know, one day they were like, yeah, y'all just, you know, let's try this out. Let's see something. Let's, you know, try to get good information out there. But at some point, that devil on the shoulder popped up and said, hey, man, there's a way that you can actually make some money doing this. You could uh, pay some big name celebrity come on and get you a bunch of views. Or there's a guy over here selling courses that's willing to give you $50,000, bring him on the show. The question is, what decision do you make when presented that opportunity? Do you go on the side of hey, whatever, I'm going to stick up for my ethics. And if we don't blow up really, really fast and it takes us an extra five years to get to where we want to go, I don't care. I do you go to ride of, listen, man, by any means necessary, I want this thing to blow. And if it's paying a celebrity to come on or taking a bag from some online scammer, I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's going to come. The question is, what are you going to do when it comes... I was offered a few thousand dollars to take a video down from someone you would recognize if I said that name. (laughs) Got the contract still in my email. I turned it down. And listen, no video I've ever made made as much money that he was offered. No one video has given me the amount of money that this person was offering me to simply take the video down. Not only was I offered the money, to take the video down, I was offered the opportunity to join the club. I could be interviewed on their podcast. And then I could be maybe the financial advisor for some of all the D-list celebrities that they know. This is what I was offered. That's why I say I'm glad that I came to this with a little bit of money in my pocket. Yeah, It keeps me from making the bad choices. So just know it's coming. It's coming your way. If it hasn't come already, it's going to come. What are you going to do when they make the offer? It's, it's going to be hard to turn out $50,000. Man. <laughs> <laughs> don't play us like that, Larry. <laughs> Aaron, don't put it out there, man. Hey, we, we, we all have our day jobs. We, we, right, yeah, right. for sure. 
So it's uh, just, we, it just we, we know what the intent is, man. We we yeah. started this uh, after the, you know George Floyd and now they're going down. And mm-hmm. Felt like we had a, a duty and we could put out a message for everybody. That's what it is. So, gentlemen, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, I think I do uh, great work that is needed. Uh, you know, just keep plugging away. And I'm telling you, it, it, it if you are willing to work the plan, it will work. Most people don't have the spirit for the long-term journey that it is to be successful. That's why only a few are. Only a few are wildly successful. It's not meant for everyone to be wildly successful. You have to be able to define what is success for you right now. Right now, name what success is for you so that when that offer comes, you'll be like, oh, no, I don't need that because I know what success is for me. You got to name it now. Because if you wait to name what your number is, then any number comes in and they say, oh, man, you know, you thinking your number was 50,000. They come with 250,000. You're like, hey, I guess I guess I got to go now. <laughs> oh, Larry. <laughs> I see we got we got a monitor, Larry. <laughs> All right, like, go. So it's just trust me, it's going to come and just be aware when it comes. They may come at you at an angle that you weren't expecting, but it's going to come. You just got to keep plugging away and doing the work that y'all doing. So, gentlemen, I appreciate it. Uh I got to go. But thank you okay. so much for the invitation. Uh, you know, thank, and I'll, thank you again. I'll continue to, to, to be a spectator and watching your content. Thanks. All right, please thank do. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, JT. Down All right, man. Thank you. Have a good night.